0: Go back again real quickly here to Romans 1, and then I'm going to launch out a little uh, a direction here off of this about impartations. We've been talking <clears throat> the last two evenings about impartations. We've been kind of dissecting this verse, digging around in it, and I'm sure there's more in it. Uh, <clears throat> it's Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, thank you. I want to say what a privilege it's been to have all these preachers here and these pastors and ministers this week. Uh, Well, I tell you, you guys have just blessed me. I know it takes time, money to come, effort put forth. Some of you, you know, leave your kids at home and others did different things. and (laughs) You know, to come and be a part of this meeting. And it's just been such a blessing to my life to have you here with me. And you add a different mix to everything. You know, when you're around me, I'm around you, we're together. It's like a catalyst for something. And then I want to thank my church people, my staff, and especially people who labored, uh, you know, the valet ministry, the media department, people who fix food. A lot of people have been involved in the back while we're out here enjoying this, getting ready to serve us in the back. My wife said, uh, for example, excuse me, the Blaylocks and others were here this afternoon about... 3.30 or 4 before they left, and I came in at 5, and they came in shortly after me, came back. They were here all day up until 3.30 or 4, and then left, and then within an hour or so, they came back to help us tonight. So what kind of people are they? Extreme people, I'd say. (laughs) Extremely loyal, extremely uh, wonderful, extremely energetic, extremely believe in God to to come and put that kind of effort forth just to feed us of course i try to tell everybody thanks for all that they do and sometimes i may i may miss somebody but i appreciate that these preachers appreciate we used to we used to do this and of course we could still do it if we have to we used to take everybody somewhere you know get in cars you know 13 different cars and try to tell people where we were going give them maps and, and invariably somebody would get lost and traffic would be a different thing. And then you get to the restaurant, and you've got people sitting next to you telling things that are inappropriate or, you know, all kinds of issues like that. And so by being able to just go straight in the back or whatever, you know, it allows there to be a conducive spirit for fellowship and ministry. And last night we had a wonderful meeting in this little room right here that we had built when we extended the sanctuary. That's part of the reason I built it, so we could just slip right away. And that anointing was still on me real strong. And not on me, but all of us. And I, some, some went that way, you know, and they didn't have to go through there anyway. But anyway, ended up, I don't know how many of us were back there. Uh, Pastor Dennis said, I think I got something. I said, well, obey God. So he started speaking in tongues. I started having the interpretations. And then yeah, that went back and forth several times. Then Pastor Mark said, I think I have something for Pastor Keith. And we said, by all means, obey God. And he ministered to Pastor Keith. And yeah, it was just a wonderful time back there. But you know if you're in a tizzy to get somewhere or you have to get to your car and you're trying to run out and that kind of stuff never happens. So we you know, we're just talking about things. We're not trying to make it happen, but we need to have a place available for that to happen. I remember one time doctor Dufresne was here and uh uh it seems to me like I'm trying to remember how that went. The pastor, Brother Dale, you were with me. And we went back. Seems like he went. We went to my, We went to go to my office, and we got to Donna's office, and he fell out in a chair there. I think we had food in the back that night, and all of a sudden, I, Jesus came in the room. I could feel him. I, I mean, it's different than an angel. And all of a sudden, doctor said, "There's Jesus," and we both fell out. Me and Dale, so here sat all three, here lay all three of us, you know, out in the spirit in Donna's office. I don't know how long we were back there, probably 20, 30 minutes. Finally, somebody sent somebody to check on us, and by that time we were kind of coming out. And doctor said, "I just need to go back to my room." So I took him and went on, and let everybody eat without us, because yeah, we were just gone. And uh, you know, you can't duplicate things like that. You can, you know, but when God does things like that, it's just amazing. I know doctor was in a meeting a while back. I think he was at the Matthews, and the Spirit of God hit him. He he had to sit in his chair for three hours. He couldn't get out. Hey, okay. you know what kind of church can that happen in? A church that's available. You know we're 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 kind of hurry minded, busy minded, and I understand we got people got children, people got this, people got that. We all have issues to take care of things, and and most of it, some of it can be legitimate, but I'm just talking to you a minute I don't know where I, why I'm telling you all this uh, but we say we want things to be different and fresh in our life but we have to we have to be available for that and be hungry and things like that so you know we're just talking here a minute you know but here's something else to think about we don't always there is a uniqueness to coming together corporately. You understand what I mean by that? When we all, the, the church, the body comes, and then there's a uniqueness about all these preachers, all of us coming together. When we love and respect one another, and we're in unity about what we're doing, you know, and things like that. That creates a whole nother deal. And uh, it, it, it's just amazing. I was going to say something or What was I going to say, Father? But I was going to say thank you. I was going to say, you know, you, you 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 can begin to have some experiences in God if you'll spend some time with Him. You know, if you're nervous all the time, talkity, 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 I can tell you never pray much. You know, people have a hard time being quiet. People have a hard time. I don't want you to get quiet on me now. I want you to listen to me and respond to me, but... <laughs> find the right place to get quiet (laughs) not while I'm preaching right now and uh, you know that's another thing we need to discern you know when to do what you know I could tell we were that first night and of course this isn't a rebuke if you listen you can learn if you don't want to learn then I don't know how to help you but that first night we we all should have jumped in when, when Victoria jumped in you know if somebody needed to run or do something that was the moment to do it not ten minutes later Not 10 minutes before or whatever. And we're learning better on that. But it takes sometimes a whole lot of us jumping in to get the thing going and the momentum. And we're not trying to just get a reaction from people. We want to react to the Holy Ghost. See? That's why, you know, back in the revival we had here in the 90s, you know, for 95, 96, 97, 98, I was up here preaching one time. I taught this, I talked about it Sunday i never forget it. We had about, in during those years, I had a Wednesday night service instead of Tuesday and we put our preschoolers out here at that time for the praise and worship then we shipped them back to their classes. But they were all in the, in the sanctuary with us that night. It's a Wednesday night. And I'd say, and you know, it varies. You know, you go through stages, everybody has babies and they don't have babies for a while and then you have a big group that has babies. But we had a bunch of, I don't know, these would be like three- to five-year-old people, I'd say, children, young children. And there was about 25 or 30 of them in that particular service that night. They were seated, seated with their parents. And just all of a sudden, just all of a sudden, in praise, I was on the platform during those days during praise and worship. And all of a sudden, like somebody, it was a cue to do this. All the preschoolers, not the elementary children, not the teenagers, not the adults, just that age group, they all jumped out in the aisles and started running around the building. And not just running because it's a cute thing to do. You need to teach your kids when to run, when not to run. Just talking. I don't mind people running if they run when the Holy Ghost is on them to run. And But anyway, they all started running, all every one of them. And then it's like I watched them. They ran around, 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 and then all of a sudden they just stopped. And they slipped back in by their parents and just stood there. And an angel appeared to me up here on the platform. He's to my right. Oh, I stand. I sit standing by that chair, and 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 he had me to minister to some people that night. I had a lady in my church. She did not here anymore, but she had cervical cancer, and uh, God healed her that night. And there were other people ministered to that night by the by the angel and an operation through him and me cooperating with him. It was just real interesting. See, now, now I haven't been in another church before or since that I saw that manifestation. Don't know if I ever see it again in my lifetime. It would be wonderful if we'd had it. But you can't make those things happen. But if you're available and people are sensitive and as evident the preschoolers were that night, <laughs> and I, you know, I asked some of them later, what, what'd they tell you when you talk to your kids later? They said, Dad, i got to run. Move out of my way. Mom, i got to run. Get out of my way. And, and they just began to do that. Anyway, I'm just talking here a minute. Well, let's look here at our verse here in Romans 1 11. Uh, It says, I long to see you. Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you. Uh, and, and it's interesting. I was reading through this passage, and, and I was reading before you get to 11 this week. And I got up here to verse 7, and I began to meditate on it. It says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints... And I got, I got thinking about that. You could take it that he's talking, of course, to just the saints there in Rome. Or you could also say that all, this, all that be in Rome, they were called to get saved, but they didn't respond to it. But here's my point. All of them were included in his comment in verse 11. When a man of God's under a strong anointing, everybody in the room, everybody can be ministered to to some level what I'm trying to get to you. I'm going to get in the main flow of what I'm saying in a minute. I'm finding my landing ground, my runway. Put the lights on, will you? I'm looking for it. Verse 11 again. I long to see you, and we would say I long to see you all. We could have rolled that back into that from verse 7. There's a lot of teaching in this. That, that I may impart unto you. There's the impartation word, impart. That I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. And we went over that. The word gift is the word in the Greek that means a spiritual endowment, a deliverance, a rescue, a miraculous faculty. In other words, Paul's saying, I want to minister to you out of my spiritual endowment that God has given me. We used last night that verse in Timothy, you know, where Paul said, a Stir up the gift of God that's in you, that was given you by the laying on of my hands. So it was a gift that came from God, but it came through a man through his hands. But the gift was from God. So we're just thinking about that a little bit, how things get, you know, deposited and imparted to people. And then he says, to the end. And again, we've got to pay attention. We want to get to the end, the end of our life, the end of our spiritual journey, the end of our ministry, finish our course with joy and so forth. And it's going to take impartations along the way to get there. It says that uh, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. And I I just see something here I'd never seen before, some spiritual gift. In other words, maybe it's not always the same type of impartation depending on what you need at the moment. I told last night about being healed in my body from my side and my blood situation. Both those two were physical healing. But I've been ministered to a lot by Dr. Dufresne over the years, you know, through laying on the hands and ministry like that and and and, and and God's used us because we received impartation Pastor Dennis was with me I was in Peru and uh, he and I Pastor Dennis and I were staying over another I don't know we were there for a long time 17 days altogether. we were with doctor the first 4, 5, 6 and he was getting ready to leave the building Pastor Dennis and I we were staying we were staying in the city another day or two preaching in another church and then we went on to took a jet a, you know a commercial airliner to another city But Dr. Frank slapped me in the jaw like that. And he said, you'll start seeing miracles and healings in the area of teeth and gums. Well, then I was at Pastor Dennis's a few years later, and I was praying over a lady's leg to grow out up front in the church. And it did grow out. Her name is Patricia Christmas. She wrote me an email and said it grew out two inches, what she told me. But what was interesting about it, there was a lady sitting over to the right over here, It had little baby pygmy teeth, I call it, little stumpy teeth back here. And when I prayed for that lady's leg to grow out, those teeth grew out. And they came together. Because she drew me, she wrote me a a handwritten letter, Donna saw it, and I may still have it somewhere in a diagram of what the teeth looked like before and what they looked like after that. See, I got an impartation now. And, you you know, we don't pray ever service over people about teeth and gums, but occasionally I do as the Lord leads me talking about an impartation see just talking here a minute so it says here in verse 12 that is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me notice that the mutual faith both of you and me here's another thought you know sometimes we feel like well if the preacher's got it I'll get it not necessarily you know, uh, you you have to have faith to receive. I have to have faith to minister, and you have to have faith to receive. I noticed that Pastor Sandy last night, or I don't know if it was last night night before. Some of it runs together after a while on me. But I had a word for him, and, and I didn't touch him, but the Lord ministered to him. And then one night, Mary was over here, Miss Mary, right there in the second row. And I, when I turned around, I saw an angel standing there. I don't always tell that, but I did in that case. And then about that time, there she went timber fell out and so i'm saying that to say you have to have faith see what i'm saying is i had faith to say what i saw i had faith to say what i needed to say over here and the people that were speaking to received it and they had faith to lay hold on it it didn't matter to me whether they fell out or not it does matter whether they have faith to take a hold of what i'm saying because i'm not up here just saying to be saying something i'm trying my best to be, uh, uh, you know, walk with God in the things that we're doing. But it's mutual faith. I want you to get a hold of that. It's mutual faith. You know, sometimes we'd like to help people, but sometimes there's no mutual faith on the other side of something to grab a hold to it. And so we have to leave people like we found them. See, we've got to understand this, this, this issue of mutual faith. All right, I'm going to move ahead. Now, this is what tonight I've, I felt led to talk to you a little bit because we read the other night. It's probably in, somewhere in, in my material here. I'm not going to dig it out. We read out of John Wesley's uh, study Bible that he has his personal notes in on this verse here, uh, Romans 1, 11 again, about impartations. And he made this comment, you could receive an impartation through the laying on of hands, through preaching the gospel, and through private conversation, and by prayer. And last night I sensed a different anointing, a little different tonight on me. It's more tangible on me. I can feel it tonight a little stronger because of the direction I'm going, I'm sure, because I'm going to talk about laying on of hands. But last night I realized that the anointing seemed more predominant on me. It seemed like my words came with stronger uh, weight on them. Not that they're not weighty tonight, but there's more of a tangibility. I can feel it on me, working on me as I'm talking, and and that's a little different operation. But I understand that anointing. I understand the one from last night, and I understand the one from Tuesday. <laughs> so, hallelujah. I don't know everything, but I'm learning more. All right, you know, we had a guy came. Uh, you know, a guy visited our church, for example. I, I don't. He's not even a member here. He, he's only been here twice that I'm aware of. He could have slipped in. I didn't know it, but. Some friend of mine in Clarksville that runs a, a store there, he knows me. He's been he's been knowing me for a long time. And this guy, he knew he'd had prostate cancer, and they I don't know what all treatment he took, but they treated him, and they said it disappeared. Then he came back. So he called here, and he asked, I think Donna took the call, or somebody did, and said he wanted to know if I would meet with him. And I said, call him back and tell him no. Tell him to come to church, and I'll pray for him. You know, because, see, I, first of all, I'm not obligated to talk to people just because they call. I'm not obligated to go have lunch with them just because they're available. I don't even know if the man has a pastor. Maybe that's the reason some people don't ever get cured and healed. But anyway, that's another deal. I'm not throwing darts here. I'm just being honest. But I don't know you, so if I don't know you, you're not sheep in this house. I'm not obligated. You know, First Peter 5, you can read it for yourself. And so I said to Donna, we'll call him back, be nice to him, but just say, come on Tuesday when I minister to the sick, every Tuesday have him show up. Well, he showed up. I I didn't realize it was him. I think he called ahead and said I might be there. Well, I'm preaching on something. I don't remember what I'm preaching on right then. But I went to minister to sick, and, and, and I said, hey, are you the guy that's got the cancer or something? Well, he came up and was over here. And I mean, my goodness, when I laid hands on him, that anointing just went. Whoop, 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 whoop. That healing anointing—that's what kind of anointing it was for healing. So then I said, if you need healing, get up here. See, because that was the flow right then. And he came back to me uh, last Tuesday, and he came up and he said, recognize me? I said, yeah, I think so. You're the guy that I prayed for a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, and he said I went back to my doctor, and they can't find a trace of anything. So we're talking about an impartation here where it went into his body and killed cancer. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not as weighty in that as Dr. Dufresne is. We've had several people healed of different things, but I have strengths in some areas too, different things. But I'm just talking about that. See, there's different anointings for different services. Here, here's what we've got to get in our head. Every service doesn't have to be alike. Hallelujah. There's a lot of different ways we could flow. But anyway, we're talking right now about laying our hands on people for them to receive things and so forth and so on. Let me show you something here. Let's go to the book of Acts. I I'm, I'm, praise you, Father. Acts chapter 4. I want to read something here. And, of course, in my church, we've uh, been talking to you about this for quite a while to pray this over our church and pray this over me and pray this over uh, the church as a whole, Acts four twenty nine and 30. It says, Acts 4.29, And now, Lord, behold, there are threatenings and granted to your servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. So the first thing is we need to be praying for our preachers to have boldness. And by the way, Pastor Dennis, you sure had some on you during the offering. I appreciate it. He feeds me. I, I get inspired when he speaks like that and ministers. And then verse 30, By stretching forth thine hand to heal... See, we can pray this prayer. That's the early church was praying that. We can pray it. Stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Now, I've never been in a meeting where God actually brings his arm down through the ceiling, tears up my ceiling tile, and rips out my lights, tears up my heating ducts to get down here and touch somebody. No, the hands are in the body. You know, looking at me as an illustration, he's the head, not the hand. (laughs) he's the head we're the body so the the hands are in the body so when we're praying this we pray for the preachers to have boldness and then we pray that God would extend his hand through us to minister healing and do signs and wonders by the power that's in the name of Jesus Hallelujah. hallelujah so I'm saying this to the preachers we need to be hanging on to that and praying that regularly daily for boldness to speak and it isn't always screaming but there's a boldness about it. I said there's a boldness about it. <laughs> <Hallelujah>. <laughs> Praise, the Praise the Lord. I remember one time Brother Jim and K- Helen will remember their, their son sitting between them here. He was pretty young having heart surgery I think. And I went to be with him at the hospital. And, and Helen said you know and we were down at Coast Sayers, which is a children's deal down, down in Louisville. And they have all these tunnels connecting these hospitals and bridges across the road, or whatever. And and Helen said, I got a friend that's got a teenage son over here in the hospital. has got cancer in the stomach. Is that right? Something. Your sister, and his son or her son's about 17, something like that, 17ish. And uh, would you be willing to go pray for him? I said to Helen, I said, well, what makes you think he wants me to pray for him? What makes you think the parent? You know, I'm just being on. They're church members here. They know me. I wasn't being smart. I just want to know what made her think that they'd receive me. And she said, I just feel like that he'll receive from you, Pastor. So I said, okay. Me and her took off together, and we walked under uh, under the road, I think, and came up over in the other, I don't know, Norton's or wherever he was at, one of those hospitals down there, came up in his room, you know, and I said, listen, I haven't got a lot of time, son, but I'll talk to you if you want to receive. You can receive. You don't have to die. You don't have to die with cancer, and you don't have to die young. And I took about 10 or 15 minutes at max, and I preached to him pretty strong there. Helen was with me. And I said, what about it? What do you want me to do? He said, lay hands on me, preacher. I, I laid hands on him. And, you know, God is my witness. God healed him. How, he's 30, about 30-something now, isn't he? And married finished his college. He went on to college, I think. Hallelujah. See what I'm talking about? God extending his hand to heal. I didn't even know the boy. I, to my knowledge, he's never been here. If he was maybe here when I wasn't here. But not to my knowledge, he's never been here with us. But God healed him nonetheless. And he caught a hold of him. He had some faith about him. Hallelujah. A lot of things we could say, but we're talking here a minute. Let's talk about this. You have to have faith on the part of the one ministering. That's for us preachers. We have to have faith to know what we're doing and what God has anointed us to do, or just faith in the written Word. We could lay hands on the people without any tangible anointing, and that they could be healed. But we need to have faith on our part of the one doing the ministry and faith on the part of the one receiving. See, faith on the part of the one receiving. Hallelujah. I remember a lady in my church. She's not here anymore either. But uh, she was at a Suburban Hospital or something out there by the zoo, I think, or Audubon. I you know it's Audubon, maybe out there by the zoo. But anyway, well, at a hospital by the zoo. Uh, you know the Louisville Zoo, close by there. And I went into. I, I ste- you know, I went in. She started. She her body started shutting down. Her kidneys, her bowels, all that. And they said she was dying. Well, I stepped in the room, stepped up to her bed. And an angel was behind me, and he, he kind of overshadowed everything. And she said, what is that? And I said, what do you mean? She says, well, there's a big light around you. I said, "What's well, must be one of my angels. I didn't see it. And I laid hands on her, and within an hour, things started changing. She recovered. See, we're talking here, though, she had faith to receive. I had faith to minister, but she had faith to receive. Hallelujah. We're talking here about praying, God, give us boldness. God, give us boldness. And then, Father, extend your hand to heal. That signs and wonders would be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. What a scripture. And we could pray that every day and should pray it every day, I think. Now, here's something Brother Hagin said. He said, a lot depends on the degree of anointing that's ministered whatever level that anointing is at at that moment hallelujah i remember in 95 we had healing school and wednesdays back then we 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 did uh we taught on angels if i remember right and i don't know i want to say 18 weeks 15 weeks something like that on every wednesday night and i remember one night just it was an unusual anointing came just an unusual anointing for healing and i said i don't care what you have just get up here and, 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 and I, I, yeah, I don't think I asked very many people, but I remember one person I asked what was wrong, and that was Joyce Stetton I got to her and I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I need a new heart. So I laid hands on her head, and down she went. And, you know, and, and, and she laid there a while and got back up, went back to her seat with her husband. And I, I just believed. It. But see, there was a special anointing. That's why I, I don't care what you have, get up here, a special anointing. See, we're talking about the degree of anointing ministered. Now, now, why am I talking like this tonight? Well, I'm going to lay hands on some people in a minute, but here's another part: uh, uh, w- we need to understand when that anointing's on us and how to cooperate with it. See, you listening? See, and you got to figure that out. You know, if you're in the ministry, like I have to figure it out. Different times, different things are happening. I get under a deliverance anointing. Man, I'm almost a bully on the devil. I mean, if you get in line, I'm liable to say about anything to you. You know, because I'm. It just when I start talking like that, the enemy will try to, you know, make me curb it down, and it'll just make me rise up even harder and stronger about. And I just know that's how what happens to me sometimes. And I'm not mad at anybody here. I I just get stirred up, and I guess it's my righteous indignation or whatever. you listening to me yeah I remember a young lady she was in another church I attended this other church I wasn't the pastor there I was just I was a minister and I traveled full-time 82 to 85 and uh, this lady came to me she knew my ministry a little bit her and her husband and uh, she said to me uh, pastor Jacobs would you or brother Jacobs I think she called me Would you be willing to minister to my daughter? And I said, well, why would I? What's up with her? Uh, And she said, well, she went to a party, and there was other girls there, and she got messed with, and now she's really all messed up. She thinks she wants to be a lesbian. I said, well, how old is she? Well, she's 14. I said, well, you need to take her to the pastor. Well, I know, but you have seem like you have a special anointing for stuff like that. I said, well, wait a minute. If you go to pastor and you tell him what you're thinking and he tells you it's okay for me to minister to her, I'll minister to her under one condition, or two. One, that he gives me okay to do that because I knew the pastor. Secondly, and I named a lady in that church that I trusted at the time, that she ministers with me to your daughter. If you can meet those two conditions, I'll be glad to pray for her. And so she went and talked to the pastor, and the pastor said, Sure, Pastor Jacobs, he got anointing for that. So we, we, we determined a time to meet with her, and we sat down with her, me and this other lady, and uh, not her mother, but another lady, and we talked to her, and we cast the devil out of her. And she became normal. Girls aren't supposed to like girls. Not in that way. Boys aren't supposed to like boys, and we're just talking here a little bit. You say, well, I don't like you talking about it. Well, you better get used to it. There's a whole lot of stuff coming on the earth. And the preachers, we need to get accustomed to dealing with stuff and dealing with the devil aggressively. I'm telling you. See, we're talking about boldness. I looked at her and I said, you don't have to live like this. You're getting a perverted lifestyle. And when I pray for you, whatever you have in you that's of the devil is going to obey me and come out of you. You understand me? Yes, sir. I said, you better. And you better listen to what I got to say, too. See, we just sometimes we just have to be that way because people are dense. And people are lethargic. And people get strange when strange stuff gets on them. We're not mad at anybody, we're trying to help people. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> so we're talking about. Uh, Joyce, I left her standing over here on the floor. Remember her? <laughs> I left her laying there. Joyce, please get up. Uh, she came back about two weeks after this event that happened. This strong anointing came on me for healing. It was a healing anointing. And like I said, I didn't ask everybody else what they came for. But when I got to her, I felt impressed to ask her. And I just laid hands on her head and said, God, give her a new heart. She went back to her seat and she said, this energy was welling up in my chest where my heart is. And she said it stayed on me for two weeks. And she said, you know, she said prior to that, she's a lady at that time, maybe 32 years old, 33, 34, I'm not sure. She said, I could barely get off the couch and walk to the end of the driveway and get mail and get back. And she said, I kept feeling this energy in my chest. And so I went back to my regular doctor and said, you need to check me. Something's happened to me. And so he checked her out and he said, well, I think you need to go back to a specialist, your heart guy you know a group of heart surgeons and heart people and she went back and they did all these tests and they i don't know what all they did echocardiograms i don't know i got the medical report and they said now here's a picture of the old heart you had and this is a picture of the new heart you have and they're not the same heart you know god's got parts i know you thought napa had parts but god you know the auto store but god's got parts yeah, we're talking about something here. The degree of anointing ministered. That's what I'm talking about right now. And sometimes it can be stronger or less depending sometimes on the preacher, sometimes on the congregation, sometimes a little on the music, you know, in different things like that. A lot, a lot of different variables here. Hallelujah. You're listening, aren't you? Let's look at a couple of examples of different ways that God uses... Uh, the laying on of hands let's look at this first of all in Acts six and we were over here the other day in our helps day we have a helps affair day here at church on the rock and i teach on helps in the morning and then we have uh, all the directors of the departments in the back room we put up little plaques in front of them nursery preschool valet ushers da 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 music people sound people etc preschool you know and uh And then people can sign up. And then Sunday night, we had a special laying on a hand service to dedicate the people who wanted to serve in ministry of health. And we took this scripture as one of them. First of all, these people, it says in verse 3, were to look out among you, and these be people of honest report, be full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. So the, the leadership, the preachers, were going to appoint these people over a certain job. And it says here... Uh, down here in verse 6, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. So here's one issue. We can commission somebody to do a certain function, and we can lay hands on them, that they'll carry that out in the correct way, and carry that out with an anointing on them, and so forth, and so on. Now, also, we see in Acts, let's go to Acts uh, chapter 19 here a minute, and look at something else that can happen when when anointed men and women of God lay hands on us, in chapter 19, in verse 6. And you'd have to read the whole passage, but what happens is they get saved under Paul's ministry. They hadn't heard about the Holy Ghost. They hadn't heard about what we call, really, redemption in its fullness. And Paul began to instruct them. They got saved, baptized. And then it says in verse 6, When Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied so here we see people got filled with the holy ghost and in this particular case they got filled with the holy ghost and and began not only speak with tongues that's a normal uh thing that follows that but also they began to prophesy hallelujah (laughs) So we see people could be commissioned to do something. We lay our hands on them about that. And in this text, we see they could receive the Holy Ghost. And even we could even say this, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. You know, it, whether well, that's an initial thing, but we could use that Scripture out of that context and say, when we lay hands on people, the Holy Ghost will come on them. I know last night I laid hands on, uh, I grabbed uh, Pastor Keith there, with a bear hug and we both went down for a new what happened you know because the Holy Ghost came on us and, and, and then we went on and ministered to some others and different things I don't remember exact sequence and then I remember going back through the doorway sat down in the chair in there and I could feel that heavy anointing on me it's kind of just keeping me in my chair for a minute and so I was quiet I didn't start talking and jabbering immediately because God may have some more and thank God for these preachers that somebody was. Uh, Pastor Dennis said, I think I got something. I said, Well, obey God. And he started speaking in tongues and then I interpreted. But Pastor Alvin here, he had his little phone deal. I don't know if it's an iPhone, a G phone, an R phone, or whatever phone. I don't know all this. But he had a phone that he could, and he just put it up there while we were interpreting. And he got it all on, on whatever recorded so we could type it out and know what was said. It's wonderful. One of the things the Lord said to us, and he was talking mainly to us preachers, but to all of you who were here last night, and I would say, un, without it, without exception, there's more in you than you realize. That's just one little section of it, just one little line of it. And there's more in people, but we've got to get into it. Some, some of us are going to have to pray more to get into it. Some of us are going to have to think right to get into it. Some of us are going to have to be fathered to get into it. Some of us are going to have to understand where we're at in our ministries to get into it. Hallelujah. It's not complicated, but it is something we got to think about. You don't just fall into stuff like this. Hallelujah. So we're seeing here that people could be filled with the Holy Ghost. Here, here's something else. Let's go back to Luke chapter 4 a minute. Luke chapter 4 and verse 40 and 41. Luke 4. I'm just about done. I'm, I'm Give me another 8, 10 minutes and I'll be done with the teaching. Thank you, sir, Pastor. I may take a little more, but I'm not planning to teach long tonight. I taught a long time the other day, but we, we're going to minister to some people. And we might minister to everybody if you want it. Hallelujah. This is Holy Ghost meetings. So we want the Holy Ghost on us. We want the Holy Ghost in us. We want the Holy Ghost through us. We want the Holy Ghost doing whatever He wants to do. Hallelujah. See, you know, I've realized that there's a uniqueness to every individual, even if they're not listen to me carefully, even if they're not called a fivefold ministry. But still there's an anointing to fulfill because in Ephesians four it talks about it talks about every the effectual working in each part. There might take natural knowledge to effectively work with the children, or certainly with the sound booth and things like that, because that's a technical thing. But also it takes the anointing to function in those things, to have excellence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for all of us, there's an anointing that abides within, which is the Holy Ghost. And then there's an anointing comes upon us for power so we can fulfill whatever God's given us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know the word teaches us we need to learn to become I'm going to read my verse in a minute. We need to learn to become skillful with the anointing. What what is it 1 Corinthians I'm not going to turn over there 1 Corinthians 14:12 says uh, that you may excel that you may excel to the edifying since you are zealous of spiritual gifts seek that you may excel or have excellence for the building up of the body of Christ. See? Now, you, you, you might not put this together, but I'm going to help you here. The the people that worked in the back for the food, and then the preachers that went in the back with me last night, both a combination, if we hadn't had food back there, we, you know, we might have been trying to get to our car to get... Assembled, And, you know, we got to go to a restaurant and it's going to take 20 minutes to get there and then we got to be seated. But because we had people willing to do their part in the back and we'll make sure Donna and Arlene, will get them the tapes free, the CDs of the meeting so they could be fed and, you know, listen and, and, and they were willing to serve back there. See, they're excelling right now. And normally, I try to thank everybody, but I could have forgotten it periodically, you know. But if I forget, just know I'm thanking you now. But here's my point. We weren't in a hurry to get to our cars because we knew that we were going back in the back eventually. And then secondly, when we got back there, because that anointing was there, when people came through that door, they probably sensed, like I did, there's a strong anointing in here. Not, It's not in there when we're not in there. It's in there because we're in there. <laughs> so... There's nothing sacred about the building. It's sacred about this building, your building. <laughs> and we're the living stones that make up this temple or room. Tonight, we're making... See, my mantle is the room I walk in. And you're in my room right now. And I'm trying to get some information over about learning to have excellence out of our ministry. You know, I didn't know some of this 10 years ago. I just paid attention, prayed a lot, and listened to Dr. Dufresne, and God began to add things to my ministry, and He began to change the way I thought about ministry. Because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, of course, I knew a little, but it was just, well, we lay hands on people because that's what we believe the Bible teaches that. But see, what I'm teaching you tonight is a whole other realm. Sometimes I'm more or less anointed. If I'm tired, I can't yield to the Holy Ghost very well. I've noticed that. Brother Hagan said that years ago. And after I experienced some of that a few places, I realized, man, I'm just, you know, I'm not able to yield like I should because I'm tired. So I learned to take better care of my body than I used to. You know, and the Lord told me a while back I wasn't going to make it anyway if I didn't change something you know, about my body and my eating habits and stuff like that. So was a lot of other things personal he said to me. Hallelujah. We're talking about different ways God uses laying on the hands. We, you know, laying on the hands is laying on the hands, but there's all different dimensions of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, I'm in Luke 4. Let's look at verse 40 and 41. And now when the sun was setting, all they, notice that, all they that had any sick, so that mean anybody with anything. With divers, diseases. Divers just means uh, different kinds, various diseases. Brought them unto him, and he laid his hands, there it is, on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. They knew he was anointed. They knew he was the anointed one. So here we see people could be healed. And people could get delivered through the laying on of hands, like that. Hallelujah! All right, just about done with this. Just hang on a minute. Now let's look. Let's look here at Mark chapter ten. There's a lot we, more we could say on this. This what I'm going to talk to you about a second here, but w- this is sufficient for us right now. Mark ten and verse thirteen through sixteen. Turn over there with me, please. And I have one more scripture. And then we'll, we'll be done. Uh, Mark 10. Now, we've said that people could be commissioned to do something. Uh, we didn't talk about spiritual gifts. Timothy talks about gifts being ministered through prophecy and different things. And then we talked about the Holy Ghost. We talked about healing. Now we're talking about blessing. You know, people could be blessed through you laying your hands on them. Here in verse 13, it says in Mark ten thirteen, They brought unto him young children... He should touch them. And it's interesting, uh, in studying this out one day, a while back, the Lord said, look up the word touch, and touch in the Greek means touch, so as to influence inwardly. So there was a touch of Jesus touching these children, but there was something more deeper that was moving and going into those kids to influence them. See? I'm trying to show you something here. And then it says here, uh, you know, and Jesus' disciples, they were upset about it, you know, and they began to rebuke those that brought their children. And Jesus saw it. He was displeased with His disciples and said to them, uh, allow, suffer means allow the little children to come unto me. In other words, what's wrong with you? And forbid them not. For if such is the kingdom of God, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom as a little child, he shall no ways enter in. And, and here's really where a lot of people fall down. When you tell them about simplicity, they, they have a hard time with just entering in like a child. And we need to be simple about it. Hallelujah. It would get complicated. Well, I don't understand how that would affect anything. No, you don't have to understand everything. You just have to believe it. You have to believe it. Hallelujah. He says in verse 16, And he took them up in his arms, and here it is, put his hands upon them and blessed them. The Greek word for blessed actually means that he empowered them to prosper. And that would mean in every area, but he blessed them. We're talking, because I'm going to minister in a minute to some people, and it may be along different lines. We'll see how the Lord leads us. I've got something by the Holy Ghost here uh, that I wrote down today, because God dealt with me, and and maybe some other things here that we'll do, too. Hallelujah. Now, here's something to think about. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians 2. This will will be my last scripture. 1 Thessalonians 2. You've been very patient. We're doing good on time tonight. 1 Thessalonians. We're talking now about what? We're talking about impartations that come when somebody lays their hands on you that's anointed to do so. Now, you know, I could have went in a lot of different directions. I'm not bragging on me, but I mean, you know, we've studied this subject over a long period of time. We got all kinds of, we'd go on and on, but that's not the issue. We don't want to just go on and on. I want to do what God says. Yeah. And he began to deal with me, you know, this afternoon more and more about uh laying on of hands and ministry to some people and and make make things more more along that line. And uh here's a comment I wrote down and then we're going to look at this verse here feeling the power listen to me carefully here feeling the power doesn't mean you're healed believing you've received does see feeling the power doesn't mean that you're healed but believing that you've received does Now, I told you last night, if you were listening to me, I said, I was with Dr. Dufresne at O'Charlie's over here in the winter of whatever year that was. And he said to me, that pain will leave your side. Well, I got up day after day after day after week after week after month. It took almost a whole year around before it finally left. But every day, I thank God the power was working in me, and it couldn't stay. I began to believe. Remember, I said I threw my hands up at O'Charlie and I believe I receive it. I didn't care if somebody spit their chicken salad out next to me or anything. I wasn't rude. I wasn't uh, boisterous. But I said, I believe I receive. And uh, from the man of God, the prophet of God, my spiritual father, I believe that I'm coming out of debt. And I believe that that pain is going to leave me in the name of Jesus. I believe I receive it. didn't say it left yet, but I believed I received it. You believe you receive and the manifestation will come. I mean, every time I talk about that, I'm th- that's faith, first of all. And I think about little Olga down at, you know, where she at in, in uh, Austin. And how she said, well, I didn't feel nothing. Pastor Jacob said he had a tangible no, I didn't feel a thing. Like, <laughs> but, but Pastor Jacob said, keep the switch of faith turned on. So she said, I said out loud. Are you listening to me? I said out loud, I'm going to bed tonight, but the man of God laid hands on me. He said he was anointed, had anointing, said that anointing went into me. I believe it's working in me now. And woke up three hours later, heard noises. It was her own spine popping, her hips and pelvis and tailbone all getting adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I was thinking when I was reading this a minute ago. Uh, I don't have this in my note, but I'm going to share something. Feeling the power doesn't mean you're healed, but believing you've received does. Don't just believe in the power. Believe for the power to be made manifest in you once we minister to you. I was thinking about Brother Hagen, and I, I, I've got some, his, he's got some new CDs. I bought them out of the bookstore You know, I've listened to Brother Hagan for, I don't know how many years, but every time I go back and listen to something, I say, he's got a series, I think we still have some in there, I don't know, on healing. You may be sold out right now, but I think I bought maybe the last one. I don't know if we've reordered it. And I was listening to him tell about how he said, I believe that I receive my healing for my paralysis. He said he hadn't moved a muscle. And the Lord said, well, if you believe you receive... Well, men don't lay in bed at 10 in the morning normally. You're going to have to get up. He start, He said, I, I made an attempt. It took me forever. I pulled my leg up and threw it over the side of the bed. I couldn't even feel it. It was just like dead weight. Threw the other leg over the side, grabbed the bedpost at the end of the bed, jumped out of bed with the arm strength, and started to go down to the floor because my legs were just little sticks, he said, with skin around them. And said, all of a sudden, something hit me in the head like warm honey. began to go down. He had a deformed heart, deformed chest. You ever heard his testimony? He drank water and he'd feel it going down one side of his body Strange, He thought, that ain't right. He had blood disease, is paralyzed, been in bed for 16 months. But he said, when I st- stood up and acted on that, the power hit me in the head, and as it surged down through my body, God made me ever withhold. I was reading his book the other day, and he said... Now it's almost 70 years later, I've never even taken an aspirin. See, I don't think, this is my point, I don't think we really understand or believe yet fully like we need to in the power. 70 years later. Even just, he, he, ate, he ate a breakfast, he ate some strawberries, he made some eggs and whatever else, bacon, I don't know, looked at his wife, smiled, and just slumped over. Said, see ya. <laughs> and left. Oh, they drug his body to the hospital and put him on machinery for a couple of days, but he was gone. He didn't die sick. You know, you know, somebody at the hospital's got to sign something to say that this stopped. You know, when you're gone, it don't matter if everything stops. It will stop. Your heart, your lungs, your brain, everything. It'll stop. But that doesn't mean that's what kills you if you left. I think we ought to believe a guy like that, live in hell for 70 years. We ought to learn something from what he's had to say about things. Hallelujah. He said. He said that we, we, we it, things are based on the faith of the power that's ministered and faith on the part of the one receiving. That's why some people get more dramatic miracles in my ministry than others. Some people don't believe. <laughs> I can only do so much. I can only do my part. <laughs> I can't do somebody else's part. And same for me, if I'm on that end of it, I can only do my part in receiving I'm not receiving and ministering to me at the same time. You understand the meaning there? See? You can only do... But let's read this one last verse here. and We're going to... It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, like I've been preaching to you tonight, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I want you to catch a hold of that. The word of God that we're preaching is not my word, it's the word of God, and it will effectually work in you that believe. It will effectually work in you that believe. It will effectually work in you that believe believe now, Pastor Dennis hit on a little level of something here he said we can tithe but we need to say the right thing well you could receive up here in the, the prayer line but you've got to learn to say the right thing then what would be the right thing well whatever you came for that you believe you receive that And the power of God's been ministered to you and you are recovering or you are healed or you are redeemed or the power's working in whatever it is that it's working in. (laughs) Hallelujah. I mean, God could use a man and I know I told you last night about being down at Pastor Webb's in Birmingham and, you know, Dr. Dufresne called me out. He knew that by the Holy Ghost. I didn't give him free... uh, pre-understanding or tall him and tell him I was dealing with a blood problem and he just said there's something wrong in your body isn't there pastor I, I said yes yes sir and the angel standing behind you come to fix that bam down I went see in that case God used an angel one of the angels that works with him to straighten something out in my blood now how, how, how does that angel take care of my blood I don't know I don't even care I just know he did it because I went back to my doctor and, honey, if you got something wrong with your blood, it's going to show up in your blood. There's a lot in your blood shows up, whatever. And, and, and Jesus, he took blood out and he called me and said, I don't understand this, Michael. It's perfect. There's not a thing wrong with your blood. And something has happened. And I said, yeah, God happened. He's a Presbyterian, but he's, he's, you know, I talk to him when I go to him, something about God. Kind of dry, but anyway. Kind of looks like Mr. Rogers wears a bow tie and funny shoes. I'm glad he don't sing, too, but anyway. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God.